Hey guys, Jim Vanofsky with Manufacturing Talks. You guys probably seen my wall back here, the wall of metal, heavy metal and real metal steel making. Well, got a guy today who is involved in steel making, specifically not in making steel, but in taking pictures of steel mills all over the world. He's trying to document all the steel mills he can. Some are disappearing, unfortunately, um, but he also just loves the beauty of steel. That's the name of the project he's working on. His name is Victor Maka, and he is here on Manufacturing Talks with us today. Stay tuned for a message from our sponsor, DYS Media, and then we'll hop right in. Welcome to Manufacturing Talks with Jim Vinosky. Industry has a million cool stories, and Jim talks to the movers and shakers who are making them happen. Let's dive in. E-Y-S Media, your digital media relations agency, public relations, website design, digital marketing. You get found by the customers and talent who need your solutions. You get media placements and top publications, the best job candidates coming to your website, a digital presence that gets you found by the right people. Call 616-298-8798 to get started today. Welcome to Manufacturing Talks. I'm Jim Vanosky, your host. Thanks to our sponsor, DYS Media, and I'm pleased today to be joined by Victor Maka. He runs a little thing called the Beauty of Steel Project, and he's here to tell us all about it. He's coming to us from Prague, Czechia. Welcome, Victor. Hello, Jim. Hello. Thank How are you, you very today? Much. <laughs> it's great to have you here. Um, we've got a lot to talk about. So, you know, um, I've always kind of centered this thing around manufacturing. And to me, the nuts and bolts of manufacturing is metal and especially steel. So, you know, I've been following you for years now. So it's just really, really glad to have you here. Thank you. Okay. So jumping right in, um, before we get into the Beauty of Steel project, tell me a little bit about your background and how you got into what you're doing. <laughs> uh, that's a long story. Uh, <laughs> well, it is, you know, uh, that is dating back to the beginning of 20th century when my great-grandfather was a miner in Ostrava. And from that point, my, well, from my, fam from my father and mother's side, all my family members up until today were involved in the industry somehow. There were some economical directors in the mill. There were some technical translators, um, technological directors, every, every, every kind of imaging, uh, everything you can imagine in the steel industry. And my uncle was a professional photographer. So I was uh, watching um, him working when I was a child. And here I am, you know, the genes got mixed up and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and this is how it ended, you know. Uh, in other words, uh, you know, the, the steel industry was not a bad word in our families. Right. Ne yeah. ne never, never used to be. So basically this, the industry uh, was viewed as, uh, as an in inevitable part of our lives. And uh, when I when I uh, found out that the, the horizon started to change in the beginning of the 20th century, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the 21st century, I was like 15, 16, 
that was a turning point because the horizon, the landscape I used to know was, uh, you know, full of chimneys, blast furnaces, head frames, and mm-hmm. this world started to disappear very fast. Right. So I just grabbed my first camera and uh, entered the closest mine to my hometown, and that was it, you know. It was, it was inevitable. Yeah, and, and, you know, similar story for a lot of communities over here in the U.S. as well. So um, I understand that motivation, and I'm glad you're up to it. Before we learn about that, though, I do have to ask you about one thing I saw in your background. You got your degree in religion and theology. So, you know, how did you go from that to documenting <laughs> the steel industry? Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I have always been interested in the in the religion besides the well, e- even before the, the steel industry, because my family is a Catholic one. I am raised as a Catholic. And during these rebellious years, when I was like 17, 18, I started to question myself, what the hell is this about? You know, what the hell I'm believing into? So I decided to go a bit deeper. So I applied for the theological faculty and spent five beautiful years in, uh, on the faculty. However, our country is, you know, that there is not a good market for the religion because mm-hmm. uh, from the statistic point of view, we are like the second most atheistic country in the world. So you can't really make much more money uh, with theological and science of religion degree. So, yeah, I started in a completely different sector and that was it. But uh, since, since today, I, I can't really regret any single lecture I had at the, at the faculty. So it, that was completely a different word, you know, just, just yep. part of my personal growth, let's say. Yeah, it's just an interesting aside. So that's pretty uh, fascinating itself. So I'm curious about one other thing. You talked about seeing things disappear. And I know over here, uh, we certainly had our steel uh plants that were going away, even dating back to like the 1970s, 1980s. But really, a lot of manufacturing was going overseas. What was it that prompted you specifically to focus on steelmaking? That's a a difficult question. When I was uh, 14, my parents uh, took me to Beskidi Mountains. And Beskidi Mountains are situated on the eastern part of my country. And when you go to Beskidi, you need to go through Trinets, the town of Trinets. That's a very mm-hmm. old steel city. And uh, my parents wanted to show me the, the, the big industries there. You know, they have a blast furnace, a steel plant everywhere, uh, everything. And they wanted to show me the the hot end, you know, uh, or the beginning of where all the metals are created and Mm -hmm. show me and demonstrated me how this world of primary metals is very raw. And they try to, let's say, scare me and show me that this is not the way I should go, you know, to end up in in a steel mill. They were hoping uh, for a better future for me, probably. (laughs) So we stopped near the blast furnace and exactly the same moment I stepped out from the car, you know, there was the river and beyond the river, there was the tall structure of blasphemous number six. And that was it. You know, it was, it was a religious experience. I can tell you, it was literally like standing in front of some unknown God who was talking to me in a language I 
haven't heard before, but I understood it. And since that very moment, I knew that this is it. This is something I need to be part of it anyhow, because I just fell in love with the with the smells, with the with the noises, with with all those colors, with everything. It was it was overwhelming. So yeah, that that was the turning point. It's especially interesting given what you shared about your background in theology and religion to to define it that way. And uh, you know. For me personally, I, I kind of feel an affinity with what you're saying because I've been in manufacturing my whole career, doing lots of other things besides steel making. But to me, there's that fundamental creation piece that you get in very few other things we do as people that you can get in manufacturing or in craftsmanship where you're creating something. And to me, like you say, it is a religious experience. It is. It is. It's quasi uh, from science, uh, of religion point of view, it's a quasi religious experience. Yeah. Yep. But it is completely valid, uh, valid religious, uh, religious thing. You know, yeah. is this something? Uh, I, I think it's um, uh, was the scientist who called it. It's um, it's mysterium tremendum. It's something what you can't describe what fascinates you on one hand and on the other hand it scares you and this is exactly mm -hmm. what i experienced standing in next to the blast furnace you know it was it was just something completely different what i i knew before it was yeah. so different reached so. out and touched you right absolutely and you did say something important it is a quasi religion so people out there were not asking for your worship just your adulation all right. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So this thing reached out and grabbed you. Um, fortunately for your parents, you did not wind up working the manual labor in the steel mill. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I have the greatest admiration for those folks, but I also understand your parents thinking maybe you should do something different. So you wound up looking through a camera instead. Now you've been doing this for years now. So <laughs> What years. I want to know are a couple things. We're, we're going to start with the challenges end. What what have been your biggest challenges around trying to document as much of the world's steel industry as you can? I, it's always the same. The biggest challenge is getting the permission and convince yeah. the company that I'm not here to steal their technologies and <laughs> sell it to Chinese or whatever. But I'm here to document and um, and make their plant uh, part of the project, part of the legacy for future generations. And this is so difficult and really so time consuming that uh, many, many photographers uh, doing completely different um, uh, topics can't really imagine, you know, it, it's not like... Uh, flying to Alaska or, I don't know, uh, Himalaya mountains and mm -hmm. uh, pray for a good weather. This is completely different, you know. Yeah. You, you just need to get the permission and, and make it happen. And mm -hmm. that can take years and years, to be honest. Uh, it's interesting to me because with my background in manufacturing, I've seen exactly what you're talking about, the kind of closed shops where people think that everyone's out to steal their secrets. And yet what I've been preaching forever is really most of us in manufacturing don't have many secrets. Is that true of steelmaking or do they really have intellectual property that needs to be guarded? Well, over the last 15 years, I have seen like 
three males, three to four males, which were really unique in terms of production. You know, there was something which uh, which I haven't seen before anywhere else, and that's something we can call the intellectual prophecy. So basically, uh, that that's it. But all in all, you know, most of the mills are doing the steel in the very same way. You know, yeah. <laughs> so there is n- not much you can you can steal. You know. So, yeah, so so yeah, there so, are some intellectual challenges, but all in all, n- n- not a big drama. Yeah, so I'm going to repeat my uh, exhortation to all you manufacturers out there who think you've got big secrets. Do a little study. Make sure that you're not keeping people out when you really don't have any secrets at all, because keeping people out is hurting manufacturing. Absolutely, absolutely. When you keep people out, you're just being suspicious, and what is suspicious mm-hmm. doesn't uh, doesn't have a good reputation. And right. look at the steel industry in general. You know, steel industry doesn't have a good reputation right. at all. Yeah, so, even though and, obviously it's been absolutely essential to mankind and our progress. Plus, uh, thing I'm getting into here lately, and I don't proclaim to be an expert at steel making, but I know darn well there have been uh, technical um breakthroughs in the last few decades that have made steel making much more sustainable much cleaner much safer and if we're not touting those things everyone still thinks it's the steel making of you know the 19th century and everyone's going to go there and die and get sick and you know it's we're not marketing for for our uh future employees and our future technologists and and that's one of the problems with getting the workforce today Absolutely, absolutely. And the problem is that most of the common society, when it comes to the steel industry, you know, everything when they see is some gray cloud making factory in the horizon, but that's it. Right. If if they would be allowed to jump over the fence or go through the gate and see the magic which is happening inside, you know, and all those beautiful technological inventions. Right. That would, that would dramatically change the point of view from the vast society on the steel industry. I, I'm sure of it. Yeah. And, and that's where your work is just so vital um, because you truly bring out the, the name of your operation here, the, the beauty of steel project. There is an absolute um, beauty to steel making that you just don't see it's, anywhere else. It is. It is. It's. It, you can't compare it with anything else. Yeah. It's just so, so unique. Yeah. I can understand once getting that first taste what drew you into it. So that kind of leads right to my next question. We talked about the challenges. What are the biggest rewards of what you're doing? Hmm. Oh, it's. What's the biggest reward? Let's say. Uh, let, let's say the positive feedback from the society. Yep. Because when I started uh, many years ago, there were people, you know, there were people not really understanding what I'm doing. And everybody was thinking, okay, that's some kind of urbex photography. What is that? But uh, but uh, now after after so many years, I'm invite, invited by galleries. I'm invited by cultural uh, organization to have lectures, to have exhibitions. And I can really feel that the interest from the vast society is getting more and more big and deeper and people are really interested what is going on behind the gray walls. So 
Yeah, I, I'm not expecting to earn uh, earn a lot of money with my project, but uh, it 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 was not about. It has never been ab about money. You know, mm -hmm. the mission was to communicate the steel industry as an unreplaceable part of our society and culture. And finally, after so many years, I'm starting to starting to uh, see that something something small is happening in the society and they are starting to appreciate the beauty of steel good yep how many countries have you been to now hmm. i stopped counting but it could be <laughs> good right? that's a good it sign be, yeah it could be around i don't know 30 30 plus wow. uh, not counting anymore yeah well understandably um <laughs> So you were telling me before we got got on, you just got back from Australia, and now here pretty soon you're headed out to Brazil. Yeah, that's phenomenal. Yeah, and and obviously there's still making all over the world. So glad you're getting out there and documenting all the different places. Oh, thank you very much. Well, yeah, the big trips are coming. Good. I'm I've covered large part of Europe, so really. The, the rest of the world is is waiting now. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a South Africa on my list for next year. I would love to visit Asian countries mm. in the future, but but these are one of the toughest to get the permission. Right. Uh, so yeah, I, I believe there is not only the language barrier, but also the culture barrier because you know when you got a message from a white guy who would be interested to tour some steel mill in India, it just doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so a lot of work, a lot of work in front of me. Yeah. Um, you mentioned around the religion and theology that that wasn't necessarily the, the best way to make a living. And you talked about this not really being about making a bunch of money, but obviously you have to make a living. So, you know, how are you? making money while you do this important oh yeah work of... i'm in completely different sector i'm i'm into real estate i'm renting oh, okay. a so yeah co completely different yep okay so, so, seriously the steel mill photography is just my hobby so any kind of support is always uh, very appreciated but it's luckily not not my main hobby otherwise <laughs> i will be eating bread and drinking water only because it's <laughs> Right. It's, it's, yes, it, it's not a golden mine, to be honest. Yeah, understood. That being said, though, you do have things for sale uh, out of this work, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm publishing the calendars every year. I started mm -hmm. three years ago. And that, that that's, yeah, when speaking about rewards again, this could be one of the biggest reward because, you mm -hmm. know, I've published the calendar two, three years ago for the first time. I made some 400 copies. And I kid you not, the 400 copies were, were sold out after one post on LinkedIn in three <laughs> days, which was wow. absolutely amazing. I would love to make a bigger print, but basically the 400 copies is the maximum I can fit into my garage because I'm... <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big businessman, you know. Yeah. So I do all the packing and shipping by myself. So 400 copies is the limited edition. Interesting. Uh, and then you have prints available as well. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Time spent Yeah, yeah. Private collectors are contacted me or companies as well who would yeah. like to decorate their interiors. So yeah, prints are also available. 
Yeah. So, you know, by this time, people should have been seeing some of your pictures kind of overlaid on our on our discussion here, at least those of you on YouTube. Um, if you're interested in that, we'll talk at the end about where to find those things. But yeah, I definitely for myself need <laughs> to order a, a few prints. Um, I've got a separate background for some of my work that is all about heavy metal. So it's heavy metal bands and it's a couple of of posters that are taken from paintings from a friend of ours, uh, Corey Bonnet, who you're oh, connected Corey. with on LinkedIn, oh, right? Oh, yeah. That's a and, lot of And so, you know, in addition to his wonderful work, I definitely need some of your real world photographs of actual steel making on that wall. So I'll get those ordered here pretty yeah, quick. Feel free to let me know anytime. <laughs> cool. Okay. So we've talked about steel making and industry and you know your love for it obviously you being pulled into what you're doing but but again you know people in general like you said they don't know steel making at all what do you have to say to people in general about steel making and industry and and you know the kind of message that you want to get across to people as they think about looking at what you do but also looking at broader manufacturing mm. Uh, the message is simple. Let me in. Oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> That's the message number one. But uh, the message number two that for all the workers inside the steel industry that you should really be proud of what you are doing. And I know these times uh, of sustainability and green steel technologies and ecological and environment-friendly processes are pretty tough. But you are the one who forged our civilization. The steel industry forged our civilization. Without the steel, we would be eating bananas, probably. So that's it. Be be proud of what you are doing, because without the steel, there will be no civilization. So right. keep up the good work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, have people look around where they're sitting right now, and so much of what they see relies on the steel industry. Absolutely. And recently, I've started a small project that I'm having lectures on elementary schools for kids. And oh, I'm good. and I'm lecturing them with, with my pictures about the about the importance of the steel industry and mining. And I would love you to see their faces because they are so so absolutely surprised and excited mm -hmm. how the steel industry is important and beautiful on the other side it's yep. it unbelievable because uh, this the youngest generation has no idea how the how the industry is connected with our lives with with the, without the steel industry there will be no facebook no tiktok whatever you know it, it's just the, the steel is the core of everything and yeah so the, the, that that's my that's my um, uh, mission for the next years to keep on lecturing the the youngest generation yeah well and there's a couple of great messages there in addition to the one you set up front about getting into places is the people in those places who are doing the hard work you know they're truly heroes they're the backbone of our economy in so many ways so i love they that are. one and and then yeah the outreach to our youth to make them understand that, you know, not only is there a good living out there in steel making and other manufacturing, but there is a beauty to it. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, there is nothing more beautiful when a dark factory hall glows up with the orange mm -hmm. hot metal. It's, 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 a, it's really pure magic. You know, I, I have no other words for it. It's, it's, it's like having a fireworks 
every 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 day, many times yeah. every day. It, it's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I wish I, I wish more people would be able to see this. And it certainly comes through in your photographs. So I do encourage everyone out there. Again, you're if you're on YouTube, you're seeing some of his photos here. But um, get on Victor's website and check out there. You know, just um, reams and reams of photographs that will grab you like they grabbed Victor Victor in the early days. I'm curious, and I'm no photographer either, but I know a little bit about some of the techniques. Are there special techniques that you have to use to be able to capture, like you say, all that hot metal and the and just amazing um, light and colors that go along with pouring steel? Uh, any Anything special that you've had to learn along the way to be able to document that? To, to be honest, I don't know, because I've never read a single book about photography. <laughs> I've never went to a single workshop, because so, so I don't know the basic techniques of photography. I, I really don't know. So, yeah, I, I do what I do, and if it's special or not, I have really no idea. That's amazing. <laughs> you do what you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned real estate, so you've got a separate business. What else are you doing on the outside? I mean, you can't be doing this all the time. You have family, do other stuff for fun. Um, the steel mills are my fun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And, and to be honest, that that's really taking so much of my free time and my 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 main time. So no time for anything else. Yeah, I, well, I understand that. I, yeah, I'm a big admirer of the of art as well. So I'm trying to support artists which are uh, which are reflecting the heavy industry as well. So that's my another hobby. But all it's linked to the steel industry. So yeah, fabulous. For example, for, for example, that painting behind me that's from Grigory Ivashchenko. That's a Ukrainian artist who died. Uh, four years ago and um, he was from Krivoy Rok and that painting behind me shows the beautiful industrial landscape of Krivoy Rok, which is very endangered right now. So, yeah. yeah. Unfortunate, but it is a phenomenal painting for sure. Excellent. Anything um, to wrap up with? Uh, last message to folks? Mm. Again, let me in. Don't, <laughs> don't keep the photographers... Uh, too far from your gates because otherwise you will get really, really strange. <laughs> I, I want to echo that again, you know, understand if you truly have trade secrets, you don't want someone taking pictures of it. You still have stuff Victor can take pictures of. You have the basic operation that everybody has. So let them in the door, let them document your plant. Uh, it'll be well worth it for your sake and for our society's sake. Where do uh, they find I'm you, Victor? Pardon me? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, what were you going to say? No, no, no. Basically, that's all. I'm here for you guys from the steel industry. So that's it. Became part of the legacy. It's um, now or never. Where do they find you? Where's your website? Uh, my website is uh, under victormacha.com or you can find me on LinkedIn where I'm spending most of my time if I'm not on travels. So that's it. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Victor. It's been a fascinating discussion. Definitely Get out there and check him out. Victor Maka at the Beauty of Steel Project over in Prague. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And everyone out there, thanks for tuning in to Manufacturing Talks. Thanks to our sponsor, DYS Media. Tune in every Tuesday. We can't promise every story is going to be as phenomenal as Victor's, but it's, it's going to be good. All right. See ya. Bye-bye.
Thanks for tuning in to Manufacturing Talks with Jim Vanosky. Watch for new episodes dropping every Tuesday. Don't forget to like, share, comment, and subscribe.